As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's Natalia and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today we have Leah from Charlie Darwin with us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been a longtime listener and first time podcast guest. I'm super excited. So exciting. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to have you. I'm also so glad you reached out because I have such a hard time finding guests nowadays. I feel like I've gone through my list of like all like my closer friends that I like know I can get on. And now it's like at that point where I have to like search and actually find people and it's a little harder than you think. So no, yeah, I can't imagine. I feel like reaching out to people in general is scary and yeah. um so I'm actually like proud of myself for reaching out to you so yeah. yes yes can't no. imagine can't imagine you doing that for all of your guests as well so yeah 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 so I'm glad this worked out it's also funny because on my last episode well I guess we'll get into your story in a minute but mm -hmm. um my last episode somebody commented that I should have somebody who does natural dyeing on here And then you like popped up in my emails and you're like, oh, I do natural dyeing. And I was like, that could not have been more perfect. Yes. <laughs> It's so funny. So That's awesome. yeah. So that being said, tell us more about yourself and what you do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my name's Leah and I am the uh, CEO, seamstress, yes. photographer, everything All the things. for, um, I run Charlie Darwin Textiles. Uh, which is my handmade clothing business um, that I am running right now out of Providence, Rhode Island in my home studio. Um, I'm actually about to move to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we'll keep it going there. My clothing really focuses on natural fibers um, and I do everything with natural dyes. So I actually buy like one bolt of the same white linen fabric all the time. Mm -hmm. And then as orders come in, people can either order in just like the natural white flax or I naturally dye it and I offer um, a few different colors of natural dyes that I'm working with at the moment. It's all made to order. I love to make it really complicated uh, for me. So it's, I, yep. all made, it's all made to order, <laughs> made to measure. Um, and uh, it's, I'd say pretty gender fluid in a lot of ways. I have mm. had, I'm the model for everything. So I'm Yeah. identify as female and you know all of my clothes around me but I have had some um men or non-binary people buy my clothes so I don't really like to identify it as 
clothes for women, but it's for anyone. Yeah, love that. No, I love that so yeah. much. Um, so lots of cool things. I also, I love the fact that you buy like one roll of fabric and just go with it. That's probably so much easier. It is. And honestly, I think it's like a, a cool part of what yeah, I Yeah, totally. I think it was like a business uh, move for me right at the beginning yeah. because as you probably, I'm going to guess, like when you started sewing, were you buying mm-hmm. just clothes or the fabric from Joann's? Oh, totally. That's like yeah, all I yeah. had available. And it's so expensive. Oh, no, it's first of all, so expensive. <laughs> and second of all, I like, I made something. I was so proud of it. I got like this blue linen from Joann's. And then like, I got one order I fulfilled. And then by the second order, Joann's was already like out of stock of this fabric. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. Like two orders in, I can't even do it. Yep. And you're too poor at the time when you very first start to like buy a bunch of fabric, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I can't just offer one fabric for everything. So how can I like offer different colors? And I thought, you know, of course, the, the DIYer in all of, of us creative, I was like, I'll just dye it myself. Like, <laughs> I'll make the color. And I really, um, I learned about natural dyes um, at IU. I'm also from Indiana. No and- way. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. yeah. So I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is like Northeast, but I went mm-hmm. to Indiana University and gotcha. I took like one class in textiles and I learned natural dyeing there. That's and so I cool. Was, yeah. I thought it was super cool. So and, you know, that was a while ago. I still have, like, the binder of instructions of how to do it. And yep. so I started doing natural dyes on just, like, my one bolt of fabric. And the dyes I, I use have changed quite a bit since since I started um, and how I do it. But because um, I've just learned along the way. But it, uh, it was definitely a business move of, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm like too poor to, <laughs> to have yes. like nine colors when I only am getting at first you only get like one order a month when you totally. very first start something yeah. you know and so I was like I can't be ordering a bunch of stuff and it's made to order so I kind of need to have the fabric right in the orders placed to make mm-hmm. it so so yeah it's been like strategic business uh side moves but I also think it, it adds like a fun component to to what I offer so Yeah, I think it's funny because I think there's a lot of things that I do too that are like sustainable or people think is really cool, but it's like actually it was just like financially better for me. Like made to order in itself, I think (laughs) is just more financially like doable because you're not like creating all this extra stuff or like having all this extra stuff on hand. It's like kind of as it comes. So it makes more sense, even though people see it as this like extra complex thing. I'm like, actually, it's a really smart business move. Or like even being like zero waste or like low waste about how you cut your patterns. I'm like, no, I'm just like saving money and like reusing things. Like I know it really is so true and so funny. And sometimes I hear you talk about that stuff like in social media and I'm just like, oh, that's smart. Like I know I'm like saving money. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's kind of, I think you're right on made to order. It's like, um, especially, you know, I, I have a friend who works for Macy's and she does a lot of like at a big company like that, they can do trend forecasting. Yeah. So, so much, so much of everything, so much that they can tell like what styles are going to sell or not. And that's amazing when you are selling yeah. to a huge amount of people, but when you're selling to so few people and you have a smaller following on Instagram really hard to gauge like what people are going to want to buy you know and so and I'm like I know what I would wear and what which things I like the best and uh you know but then you put it out there and like the thing that you're like so proud of might actually get the least amount of orders for some reason and 
yes. I don't know. So made to order is way better because you don't have to like prepare for what is going to sell. Basically. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it is really funny how you think like certain pieces are going to do so well and then they like kind of flop. But then other pieces right. that you're like, not like you don't think they're going to do well, but you're like, maybe these aren't going to be the top sellers happen to be the top sellers yeah it is like the weirdest thing like recently for me well recently this whole year I've basically had like one collection out because I literally just haven't had time to do anything right but I have this like the same top my Gabrielle top a little like puff sleeve with a little like you know tied up back I have it in like two different colors I have like the white floral and the pink floral and for whatever (laughs) reason the white floral has like popped off and like top seller pink floral like flop what is it but it's like you the know? same top and it's just like a like different fabric but it's not even that different because they're both florals it's just like pink versus white but then it's funny because all my other pink stuff sells really well so it's like just right. so weird how you think something would do well and then it doesn't and then like yeah if you had inventory of it it's like now you're left with all this inventory of it it's like what do you do right I yeah I and then there's only so much you can wear yourself <laughs> exactly <laughs> I like to keep it. I think made to order is great too. Cause I make, and I think you do it the same way, mm-hmm. at least for now, but like I make the one sample for me yep. and I make it in one naturally dyed color. So I have the white and a naturally dyed mm-hmm. piece. And then that's, and then if, honestly, if it doesn't get that many sales, I'm like, well, at least I got a cute thing out of it. Yeah, you know, no, me too. <laughs> I get to wear it. You know? Yeah, I'm like, it's nice. the one and it's okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, at least yeah. somebody's wearing it, but <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. Okay, so let's get into like natural dyes and stuff before we, you know, get out of that conversation because I'm really interested in it. I've been asked about it a lot. I've never done it personally, um, just because I don't know, never like put the time into it. But yeah, Yeah. I'm like, I feel like it would be a lot of time to like really perfect it and like, you know, have it down. So like what, what kind of colors do you use and what you use for them? Because I'm like really curious about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll share as much as I know, which um, I've grown a lot. Because like I said, I just learned it, you know, in a a few weeks in a college course originally back in like 2015. Um, And when I revisited it, um, I knew I so I already kind of knew there's going to be a lot of experimentation um, involved with the process based on my first experience. And Mm -hmm. that was definitely true. So And I think most of my knowledge I've gotten is from the internet. I've heard a lot of people suggest great books. Uh, I have not ever bought (laughs) bought any of them. I'm the same way. (laughs) But, you know, I just feel like there's so much free stuff on the internet that I can can find. Um, But sometimes that knowledge is like hit or miss. Sometimes it's just a blogger who's just dying like their baby's clothes one off. And so like, their, their experience that they're sharing isn't as scientific, the, the dyes might not last as long, um, and it might be a really fun experiment project for just someone who's doing a craft at home, but when right. I'm running a business, I'm like, I need my blue to look pretty similar every single time I do it. Um, I need the color to last at least a little bit longer. Um, natural dyes are, I'd say, like notorious in a good way and a bad way for um, maybe not being as color fast, uh, mm-hmm. with, like the color not lasting as long, um, which I would argue that if you put any even synthetically dyed product in the sun for a long time, it fades. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. But natural dyes, there are some that last a lot better than others. Um, and I'd say that's a big part of the exper- the experimenting for me as far as running it through my business. So um, I originally started with 
um, my blues being made with black beans. And I'd buy dried bags of black beans from Aldi and I would, you just soak them in like a pot. And then I would you dip the clothes in, soak them overnight. And the, the process usually takes, uh, like for something like that, that it, it differs. So some things you just might need to soak for a few hours on the stove. Other things are better left overnight or over a week. But I'd leave the black bean, um, the fabric in the black beans for like overnight and pull it out. And it's like this beautiful purpley blue. Um, and I was selling that as, as my blue for, for maybe the first year or less. And by the way, I started in 2020. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but, um, I did that for about a year and I started to get feedback from, I usually get feedback from people who are closer to me. So, right. um, me too. you know, like friends and family. Yeah. And then there's like the people who I just, I don't know who they are at all who order stuff and I might never hear from them, but, right. um, from a friend, she said, oh my God, well, I dried my thing out in the sun and it like instantly lost its color. And I was like, Ooh, well, Whoa. I guess it should be a little bit more clear in my instructions that like, you shouldn't, um, dry your clothes out in the bright sun. Like that, right. that will fade, um, Oh, kind of fade any clothing. But, um, so I was like, okay, I need to add that in. And then I started to notice that my black bean blue stuff was also fading. Like after a year, I kind of took a year for mine to fade and it was kind mm -hmm. of fading into gray. And I was like, it's still really pretty, but I feel a little weird marketing. This as blue, if it's going right. to fade, I at least need to put more information on it. If I'm going to sell it as blue and, um, so that's an example of something that I started with that. And I decided after about a year, I was like, mm, this, I don't know. I don't feel good about selling something that's going to fade into gray. So yeah, I switched to indigo. Um, and I get like a pre-reduced indigo, which comes as a powder. I know really legit people will, and I'm wearing it right now. You can see this blue. Oh, it's such a nice blue. Yeah. And it lasts way better. Um, really legit indigo dyers will actually like grow indigo as a plant and then harvest it and make like a whole vat um, system. And I want to be that someday, but right now I'm in an apartment with this right. yard. And so I get to pre-reduce indigo and, and, and do it in my, my giant buckets. But um, so I, I searched indigo last way better. Um, and then some other colors that really have stuck around is tea gray. So, uh, and I chose, I chose this one because kind of look around me right now and see if I have any around everything's packed up but I um did the tea gray I saw that in like an ebook that I read that you could dye with tea and mm -hmm. specifically when you um natural dyeing is I'll back up a couple steps natural dyeing a lot of times has to do with like um mordanting there's a lot of there's a lot of steps up into natural dyeing so first you have to scour the fabric which just means get all the impurities out of it. So like any oils from our fingers um, or any chemicals that might've been put in in the manufacturing process and scouring is just a fancy term for like boiling it. And I use something called soda ash and um, a little bit of synthropol, which is like a really neutral pH neutral soap. Um, and I boil it for like an hour. I strain it. Uh, I usually burn my fingers somewhere in that process. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and 
And then from there, um, depending on what dye you're using, you have to, it, it helps if you use some type of mordant. So like when I was doing black beans, I would mordant the fabric with a powder called aluminum acetate. And um, that's something I would just, it's a powder I mix with water, make a solution in a bucket, put the fabric in and soak that overnight. So you can see there's like a lot of steps involved in this before yeah. it even hits the black beans. Um, and, but for my tea dye, the mordanting process, um, I do afterwards. So I still scour the fabric, then I soak it in tea. Uh, so I actually just get tea bags from Walmart or Dollar Tree, <laughs> which I have noticed that the tea, depending on where I buy it from, it mm -hmm. will give me like a slight variation in color, probably because it's like Makes tea sense. leaves harvested from different like soils and stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, I just get like stand like the cheapest tea I can find. I mean, so, like, as you should. It doesn't have to be like fancy, you know? Right. And I do about, uh, it's a lot of measurements for all this stuff. I do about 10 uh, tea bags. Now one tea bag for every 10 grams of fabric. So Ooh. weigh out the fabric while it's still dry. And then I use one tea bag for 10 grams, soak it. Um, and then afterwards I dip it in iron sulfate solution. So I buy this iron powder on Etsy and, uh, it's like a green powder and I use like one, again, you have to all these calculations, like 1% yep. weight of goods or weight of fabric. And I mix that with hot water, dip in the fabric. And then it actually just like, kind of like magically turns the brown fabric from tea, it turns it gray. And, um, I really, and, and that iron really helps it not only changes the color, but it really helps with the light fatness fastness a little bit mm. as well. So it helps it kind of hold a darker color for longer. Um, so, and it's funny because think of all these calculations and then think of all the calculations you have to do just to make sewing patterns. Like, oh my God. It's so much math. I'm like just so constantly much. doing math all the time. And I'm like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> Literally. Like, Oh my God. I'm like, I'm getting really good at multiplication and addition. Like luckily it's right. simple. I don't have totally. to do like angles or anything, yeah. but, <laughs> but it is, it is a lot of math and, um, is. uh, and that's part of the learning process is learning what percent of everything to right. add in. And I think right now I offer, uh, three colors, tea brown. So without the iron added, mm -hmm tea gray with the iron added and then indigo blue. And I like that range for now. It's like yeah. what I can afford because I don't think, uh, when you start getting into like other colors that can't grow currently right now, I could technically grow any, any plant dyed right. plants, you know, but cause I can't grow right now. My other options are to purchase online. You can purchase uh, powders, like dye extracts from, I think, like Botanical Colors and mm -hmm. Iowa and um, different websites that have really great dyes, but they're a little bit expensive. So by the time I would start, that increases the cost of my clothes, you know, yes. as I get into more expensive dyes. Um, and I think that can be worth it. But as a small business starting out, everything that makes your cost increase more and more is like that much scarier like oh, totally I only have so big of an audience right now like right. the higher I make this price the smaller in some ways it feels 
I don't know if that's completely true, but it sometimes yeah. makes you feel like you're reducing your audience. And, yeah. Um, so, so I'm trying to balance that. Like, do I dip into getting other more colors? Like maybe that will broaden my audience. People who look really good at right. orange. I don't offer orange. Right. <laughs> you know, but then I'm like the price point higher to do the orange because that dye extract is more expensive. So yeah, it is hard. Things, things to think about. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. I think it's always hard to even take like any sort of step that might cost a little more for a small business like even for me I feel like people see that I have a bigger following and they think that I'm like always getting orders and stuff I'm like that's not how it is at all for me (laughs) I'm like that does not translate into customers all the time so I'm like even I like struggle I don't know buying certain fabrics and be like will this actually do well or like not should I invest in this should I not like it is yeah it's a lot to think about it is yeah and and sometimes you go to all the work to promote something too. And, yes. Uh, you know, like if I were to actually invest in these dyes, I'd have to right. make clothes. I'd have yep. to photograph the clothes in these dyes. Yep. Um, there's so many steps involved so many. up to just like launching a new concept. And then you're like, okay, well, if I want this to go well, then I need to like really launch it. And like yes. really push it. So then you're like doubling down on your Instagram and everything like yep. that. And then in the end, you're still just like hoping like, is yeah. this gonna go well I don't even <laughs> literally and, yeah <laughs> yeah it's always yeah. just a guessing game I feel like it's never it's never secure which right. is the fun of being a small business <laughs> exactly it's so fun yeah so it is fun, fun. it's it fun is. in a way you yeah. have to be the. you know I think I think I am uh, probably both of us are mm-hmm. like a little bit set up for that that little spice of mystery in life. Oh yeah, like, I for think sure. I'm okay at tolerating that in a way yeah. that other people would be like, oh my God, no, I just, I'd rather do anything else, you know? <laughs> right. No, I totally but, agree. I think it yeah. takes like a very specific type of person to be able to do that just because there's so much uncertainty around everything all the time. And it's just right. like, not, it's not for everybody. Not for no. everybody. <laughs> no, no. But you get, I was going to say, you get kind of used to it. And then I was like, I don't know. I think I've accepted yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't yes, love no. it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel like I'm just at a point of like, well, this is my life. Like, right, I chose right. this. I can't complain about it. So yeah. it's fine. And I think there's an element, too, of like, there's so much uncertainty now. And sometimes, you know, after um, a flop or something doesn't it doesn't feel yep. like it's landing right or I know you've yep. talked recently about like like instant uh, social media engagement being down things like literally that. such a flop and, <laughs> yeah and it's like I think there are so many moments that you're like oh what like you have this moment of doubt of like mm-hmm. am I being am I am I psycho like am I yeah. weird trying to like push this am I pushing something that's not working like right what's going on and then I think it's it's just so helpful that there is such a big online community of entrepreneurs in general, because then I'm always reminded that like things take time to grow, you know? So like yeah. uh, I read someone, I saw on a blog somewhere, someone did the research of like how long it takes a fashion brand or like a, a handmade clothing brand to actually make like a hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. just by sale, just through sales of clothes. Right. And you know, I think they, they, um, wrote that it would take after their research, it would take five to seven years for like a successful brand to get there. And I was like, Oh, thank God I read that. You know what I mean? Like just peace of mind. I'm in year two. And 
you know, I hear a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds amazing. That sounds so nice. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just from clothing sales. Yeah. You know, would be nice. That sounds great. And then I'm like, okay, well, I've, I've got a few years like this. Right. It's going to take time. I just have to be patient as, as things progress and yeah. I keep learning and I'm probably going to keep getting better. It's not like I didn't go to school for business, you know, right. or, no, me neither. or, or even fashion design. I went to school, I got a degree in animal behavior. So, <laughs> so like, you know, it's I'm, so I'm funny. Really self, self-taught on every topic here. Right. And, um, so that probably bumps my five to seven years to like six to nine <laughs> years. And I guess I'll just accept that. So that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like, I feel like because we started our businesses in like 2020, I feel like it's also mm-hmm. just a completely different approach to what business even was prior to that. So now we're in like this yeah. whole other world where everybody's trying to relearn business. Like I feel yeah. like even brands that have been established for so long are having to like redo the way they do things and like you know rebrand because the world's just so different and it's like so ever-changing and it's just like are you ever gonna stop learning no probably not right so it's just like a constant yeah and I feel like it's funny I feel like I've heard that whole like five to seven year thing a lot even mm-hmm. outside of like fashion I've heard that just like generally like small businesses if you like make it past like year five then like that's when you're like good right right you're then, almost safe yeah, kind of. yeah. exactly it's like oh if you've made it five years it's like oh you're probably good now I'm right. like all right we're like almost halfway there <laughs> right but, right and then you start to feel like maybe the clock's ticking you're like all right yeah. well, almost halfway then like right oh I gotta get going <laughs> no I feel that because I feel like I've been doing things kind of the same since I started it's not like I've had like some crazy growth or like any really big additions it's like it's still just me making clothing so I'm like am I ever gonna actually get to that point if it's still just me making clothing like is that even like possible hopefully (laughs) I mean hopefully yeah but I'm always just like I I feel like I need to do something else for it to move like quicker here but then it's also like you can't expect quick growth like it's okay to be slow with things too and I think that's kind of the facade of like social media is I see so many people who I don't know. I don't know. YouTube's always trying to push like these people who are like, I launched and sold 1000 orders in day one. Right? I'm just like, how? Showing me this. <laughs> like, this isn't helpful. <laughs> like, right. Who are these people? And like, why are they Mm-mm. selling so many stickers? Like, <laughs> I know it's always stickers or like, yeah. just like, I don't know, drop shipped things. Yeah. Like, things that yeah. is like easy because they're not making anything I'm yeah, like and it's, wait and it's yeah. cheap to sell exactly yeah. I gotta remember that I'm like the things I'm selling are like you know between 100 and 200 dollars right so like one sale for me is like selling uh you know like a thousand stickers or something probably yeah so so it's I gotta remember that too like, yeah no don't me compare too. to don't compare to the YouTube algorithm people yeah I'm like it always has to be relative to like other handmade clothing businesses and I think we're all kind of on the same page like I don't think any of us are like selling out and making like millions because literally how yeah no yeah I don't know I don't know yeah and I just listened to your Shein podcast Mm -hmm. and talking about you said something about like they make six cents per garment or something yeah it's literally crazy and I was like uh, what like I I can't even imagine. It takes so much time. And I have seen videos like they do move quick. Like they're really scalented, talented oh, seamstresses. Totally. And they, go, 
they can go faster than me, but not yeah. that much faster. Exactly. Like, I can't, you know, it, it's insane thinking about how much time goes into a garment and then yeah. getting paid six times. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, I literally do I not understand. It. Yeah. And yeah. I think people yeah. just assume that like everything's just machine based and it's like, oh, machines are making it, not people. But it's like, no, there's always a person behind that machine. Yeah. Like sewing is not something that's been like automized yet. Right. Like it's still the same as it was like a hundred years like ago, you really know, really talented people. Too. Totally. Like, they're like skilled workers. They're very yeah. incredibly skilled workers. And I just, yeah, it, it's so weird to think about. And I do feel obviously incredibly lucky in that way that right. uh, first of all, I'm able to start my own business in this country. Yeah. I was just one day like, I'm going to start a business right, and, same. and then like <laughs> leverage my talents by learning things online. And then yep. say, this is how much I'm going to charge for it, you know? Yep. And um, so I do feel lucky that like I have that, uh, I don't know, that kind of like control over, yeah. over leveraging my, sk- trading my skill for value and things like that. Yeah. So I know not everyone has that ability based no, on where they all. live in the culture and economy, but yeah. Um, you know, nonetheless, sometimes I still don't get people to buy my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's still difficult, but yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. So I have a lot of like international viewers that would like comment or like DM me and be like, how can I start a business in like my country and like do the same things you're doing? I'm like, I wish I could tell you it's the same, but I know it's not. Like, I, yeah, I know, know it's not. I'm yeah. like, anything I say business wise, is only pertaining probably to the U.S. Like, right, right. I know that it's not the same in every country. I know you can't charge the same things in other countries. Like some people are like, wow, like it's crazy that you charge so much like per hour or like, you know, pay yourself so much per hour or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, it's just different. Like I can't, you know, yeah. it's just different culture. And I'm like, we're so lucky to be able to do that here and to have people like actually kind of appreciate it and find the customer base for that. But Right. Yeah, it's definitely not not as easy as it seems. And, you know, not everybody can do it, which is unfortunate. Right. But, right. right. Yeah. But, yeah. Hopefully one day, though. I'm like, I always yes. tell people, I'm like, but you never know. Potentially, yeah. you can be the first. I'm like, I'm right. not going to be like, you can't do it. But I'm like, it might just be really hard. But maybe, maybe you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have no idea what. And even just like business rules in other countries, I barely yeah, understand exactly. business rules in our country. Like I don't know anything. Was like a mess. I was. Oh I mean, my I kept God. track of all my expenses. Yeah. But I was like, is anybody so reading hard. this when I send it in? I don't know. Dude, same, <laughs> especially like me as like a small business, but also as a like influencer. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I oh. get payments from so many different things and yeah. so many different places. And I'm like, I literally do not know how to do any of this. And then it's that like crazy. Yeah. And then it's like influencers can technically write off so many things if it's used yeah. for content. And I'm like, I just feel guilty, like writing things off. I'm like, is somebody going to check this? And like, is the IRS going to come to my door and be like, why did you write off this specific coffee on this specific oh, day? And I'll be like, God. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was so excited. I put my haircut, my receipt for like my $75 haircut on there because I was like, I'm my own model. Like, yeah, this hair needs to look yeah. good. Like, <laughs> no, I do that too. Like, when I used to get my nails in, I'd always write those off too. And like anything like that, I'm like, it is technically a write off. And I do technically have proof, but it, I just feel right. guilty about it. I'm like, that doesn't seem right, but okay. it is. It's so it weird. It is. It is. Because if yeah. I was hired as a model, my haircut would count. Like, you exactly. Know? So, I'm like, it I does think- count. But it does. It does. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's funny how that works. Yeah, I feel like people will ask me about like more legal stuff on business stuff. I'm like, I literally don't even know if I'm doing things legally. I couldn't tell you. No. Like, I think well, I am. You just but had to do with California stuff, right? Like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just recently got like my California business license, and now I registered yeah. as an LLC because I was previously sole proprietor in Indiana. But I was like, I might as well just like make the switch. Do I have yeah. any idea what that's going to mean for taxes? Absolutely no. not. Do I have an accountant? <laughs> No. So, like, am I gonna you have, have to figure this out? Yeah, I'm like, I have no clue how I'm gonna do this when it comes to taxi, especially having like switch states mid year. I'm like, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Like, who am I paying? Like, yeah, what am I doing? No, wow. Literally, no know. clue. But I you're moving states too. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm like, good luck. <laughs> Maybe we'll just try to figure it out together because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, good thing that's we still got some time. I know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I have time to like figure it out, do some research, hopefully. But yeah, it is so confusing, just business side of things. But right, right. It is what it is. You got to go yeah. with it. Do you have any tips, real quick, for me on moving since you just moved? Do um, not hire movers. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't. Which that's my number one tip. My boyfriend will help me, but that'll be nice. um, Yeah, thankfully my stuff will be at the same time as me. So yeah, that's that's nice. I feel like that was my. I mean, obviously, I'm glad I hired movers because I have like you know my industrial machines and just a lot of furniture, and it was just me moving. It's not like I'm moving with someone. So I was like, it made more sense, obviously, for me to hire people, but. Right. Wow, having to wait like a whole month to get my stuff was not ideal. So that was yeah, like my one thing. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I feel like the moving process wasn't that bad. Like if you're doing it yourself and you know where all your stuff is and everything, you'll probably right. be golden. But right. But yeah, it's just moving is such a hassle. So when you had to downsize a lot too. So. Yeah, I literally yeah. downsized from like a three bedroom like townhouse to a one bedroom. And I don't know how I managed. There was like a point in time where like they were bringing all my stuff into the apartment and like the movers and I were both like, "Uh, I don't know if all of this is going to fit. And it was like halfway through the truck only. And I was like, oh my God, it's not going to fit. And somehow it managed. Don't know how, but. Have you been been able to keep it clean inside? Like as far as clutter? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And slightly no, because I still have certain things in boxes that I don't know what to do with. Like all my like packaging supplies, like all my extra like mailers and like bags for like pop-ups and stuff. I'm like, they're just still in boxes. I'm like, I don't know where else to put them. Um, and I don't know, fabrics and stuff are kind of all scattered. It's kind of hard to keep it organized, but doing my best. I think overall it's actually not too bad considering but yeah, definitely hard to keep the clutter down when it's yeah. uh, all your stuff in one place like that. Someone is leaf blowing right outside my window. That so was me this morning that, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Every time I record in the mornings, I, I swear every other morning they're doing something outside my window and I'll yeah. like start the camera. It's as soon as I start it, they'll be like leaf blowing right at my window. I'm like, are there even leaves here? Or is there even no. a tree there? No. Why are you blowing? Like, I don't oh, know. insane. Yeah. And you're like filming a lot too. Yeah. So it's that would, the worst. That would be a lot. Yeah. I've just accepted yeah. it. I'm like, if you hear it, I'm sorry. Like I got to keep going, but you know, I think fine. you probably have a good enough microphone. Yeah. I'm know. like, it's, it's yeah. probably fine. It's not too, too bad, but anyway. Um, yeah. Let people know where they can find you and all of the things that you're doing. Yes. So you can find uh, my work at my website, charliedarwintextiles.com. 
And it's like a spinoff of Charles Darwin. So you can remember it that way. And um, I'm on Instagram. Of course, someone had at Charlie Darwin, you know, the simple version. So obviously I have like dots (laughs) in there. So I'm going to spell it out real quick. It's C-H-A-R-L-I dot E dot Darwin okay. um, on Instagram. So you can put the link in the bio. <laughs> I will and, put the uh, link down there. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. And um, I'm moving to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm actually really hoping to have a little bit more of an in-person presence. I, since I started during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I've existed in an online bubble yep. uh, for so long, but I'd really like to become known as like a local business somewhere you know yeah no one in Providence knows I exist in Rhode Island right now so like (laughs) I don't exist here and um I'd love to become known locally there so if you have any listeners um that are in Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh specifically um I'd love if you reached out and um because I want to become at least part of like some like artisan fairs or pop-ups or anything like that so we'll see yeah, for sure. I feel like I've been trying to lean into that more too. So yeah, we'll see if any, (laughs) yeah, if any of you are in Pennsylvania, hit her up. Yeah. Hit me. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to need friends. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yes. I feel that. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Check her out. If you guys haven't, I will have all the links down below for you to check out. Um, And we will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.